Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Sometime between Revelation 4, where the rapture happens, Revelation 19, where us, you and me, the church, come back with Jesus for a second coming, sometime in that seven-year span, there's a judgment seat of Christ. So what is the judgment seat of Christ? The judgment seat of Christ is when you and I, when the church, the believers, when the followers of Jesus, those that were raptured, those that were taken to heaven, will give an account to everything you have done. You will give an account for your whole life once you became a believer. Now, why is your life before believing? Why is it not given an account for? Well, best news ever. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed you, has forgiven you. The word says that your sins have been separated from you as far as the east is from the west. You know how far that is? Anybody know? Somebody talk to me. Okay, listen, if you walk outside, let's just pretend we have a globe right here. We're in the United States. We go to the east. What's over there? The east, the ocean. The Atlantic Ocean is here, Africa's down here somewhere, right? And then you get in over here to the east, whatever's over there. Iceland's up here somewhere, right? Everybody follow? You're going east around the globe. East, 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 east. You come back around the globe, you're going east, 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 east. Then you get to the western part of the United States. You're in California. Guess which way you go then? East, 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 east. You never stop going east. So when the word says that you have been separated from your sins as far as the east is from the west, that is a long way, my friend, because it never gets there. You're never there. You never return back to that old life. That sin, that lifestyle, those actions, those words, those, those things you used to do before you met Christ means nothing anymore because they have been separated. So after the rapture, you and I will stand before the Lord and we will give judgment for everything that we have done since becoming believers, since living in the church age, since the time we accepted Christ, we repented of our sins and God forgave us and we become believers and Christians in the Lord. That is what the judgment seat of Christ is. Let me tell you this before we move on. What the judgment seat of Christ is not. It is, does not determine whether you get into heaven or not. Why does it not determine? Because you're already in heaven. Right? Everybody follow? This is after the rapture. The church has been taken to heaven. The Lord is not going to kick somebody out after you're already there. He's too good. He's a great landlord. He's not going to run you out. He's not going to cut off your lease. Once you're in, you're there. 
This judgment seat of Christ is not to determine whether you get into heaven because you are already in heaven. You have already been raptured. You have already been taken by the Father into heaven. This judgment seat of Christ is about you since you have been a believer. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, we're going to read in just a couple of minutes um, what the judgment seat of Christ is all about. When we think of judgment today, there's two types of judgment we think of. One is judgment for punishment. Judgment for punishment, right? Think of a courtroom, think of a judge, think of a lawbreaker waiting to get his sentence from the judge because of what he or she had done, and they are punished because of their actions. Everybody follow me? Chelsea, does that make sense to you? Okay, sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Chelsea Embler Law, in case anybody needs any help, she'll hook you up. She'll hook you up. Judgment for punishment. The second type of judgment we have is judgment for reward judgment for reward. Think of the Olympics. You got men and women doing the diving things, doing the gymnastic things, and there's judges there giving them scores, correct? The ones that don't do any good, they're not kicked out of the Olympics, right? They just don't get a reward. They don't get the gold, the silver, or the bronze. There's judgment for punishment. There's judgment for reward. The judgment seat of Christ that we read about in 2 Corinthians is not a judgment for punishment. There's no punishment in heaven. There's nothing to be punished in heaven. The judgment seat of Christ in heaven is judgment for reward. Yesterday, my man TJ had his first ever Taekwondo tournament. I see you, boss. Had his first ever Taekwondo tournament. It was my first ever, too. I'd never been to one of these, um, but it was great. We had a good time. So what they do, um, you sign up for an event that you want to do. And he signed up to be in the form event. Many of you may be like me, and prior to my Taekwondo knowledge, I had no clue what a form was. So a form is a choreographed, is a staged um, punches, kicks, blocks, where it looks like you're fighting somebody, but you're not. You're fighting the air. But you, there's a certain order that you do it. There's a certain way that you do it. And when you do it right, it looks really cool for people that really do it good. Um, so TJ signed up for the form competition. And so what they did is they took everybody, I think that was six, seven, and eight-year-olds, I think, um, and they got them all together, everybody that signed up for the form competition, and they went three at a time. So three at a time would get up and do their form. All right, they would get up there. They would do their deal. hey Right? They would do the thing. Everybody went. TJ went with two other people. After everybody was done, guess what they had there? They had judges. These judges, they were in charge of telling who won the prize. So what they did is they called back two people. They called back the top two that the judges wanted. They called them back to do it again to see who's the grand champion. So in TJ's group, guess what? They had a tie. They had three people. They called three people back. TJ was one of the three that they called back. So TJ went up on stage and did his deal again. Yeah! The judges judged. They talked amongst themselves. And then they said, we got another tie. Two of those three were really good. We need to have another form off. TJ was one of those two. So now he went from being like one of 20 to being one of two. And so he went back up there and did his form again. Yeah! 
And then the judges decided, well, one of these two guys have got to win. One of them did win. It was this little boy named Ope. Ope did a really good form. TJ did a really good form. Ope ended up winning first place, the grand championship of the form competition. By the way, Ope won a real-life sword, like a real samurai sword. If TJ would have won, he would have won a real-life samurai sword. The Lord works in different ways, which we all appreciate. The what? Oh, no. Swords, baby. Uh, so we had our first, our first um, teaching moment with disappointment yesterday because I had a disappointed seven-year-old that was upset that he didn't win and that he did not win a sword. And so I told him three quick things. Let me share with you really quickly. Number one, I said, buddy, me and your mom are so proud. We could not be more proud of you right now than if you would have been the best person that better than the black belts. Here's why. One month ago, you didn't even want to do this. One month ago, you were scared to death to even come here. And the fact that you did come and you finished second, you did really good. We are so proud. Number two, think about how much better you've gotten in the past month. How many times you've practiced this form at our house and at the Taekwondo place. Think about how much better you've done. You know this by heart. You do it with power and focus and timing's right. Think about how much better you've done. I said, number three, that feeling you feel right now stinks. It's terrible. This will not be the last time you have this feeling, but you have one year. You've got 365 days from right now to make sure you don't have this exact same feeling at this tournament next year. Let's get to work. He said, yeah. And then he said, I got to wait a whole year to win a sword. I said, yeah, buddy. Got to wait a whole year to win a sword. This Taekwondo tournament had judges. These judges were not giving out punishment. The kid that did the absolute worst yesterday, they didn't cut him with the sword. They didn't kick him out of the tournament. They didn't run him out of town. They didn't kick him out of the dojo. He just didn't receive a reward. This was a, pun this was a judgment for reward. When you and I stand before Jesus Christ after the rapture, he's not there to punish. He's there to reward. And that's what we read in 2 Corinthians chapter... Five says this, starting in verse 6. Paul says this. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we, make, so we make it our goal to please him, whether we are in the body or away from it. Verse 10, look at this. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The word judgment there is the word bima. Say bima. Is the word bima. It's the Greek word bima, which means reward seat. It's the reward judgment. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due for us what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. We want to take a few minutes, just a few minutes real quickly, and I want to talk with you two things. Number one, we want to talk about what the judgment is. And number two, we want to talk about what we're going to be rewarded, what the reward is. So number one, what is the judgment? I told you earlier that the judgment seat of Christ is reserved only for believers. Today, if you're with us today and you are not a believer, you will not see what we're getting ready to talk about. You will never experience what we're getting ready to talk about. Uh, 
If you know people, if you have loved ones that are not believers, they will not experience what we are going to talk about today because this is reserved only for believers, only for people that have put their trust, only for people that have repentance, only for people that have sought the Lord for forgiveness and made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. This is only for believers. From the time you accepted Jesus, your life has been recorded. You've been videotaped. For me, it was May 20th, year 2000. For you, it may have been another 20 years before that, or another 20 years before that. Or for you, it may have been a couple weeks ago. But whenever you repented of your sin and you believed in Jesus, your life has been recorded. Does that make anybody nervous? It does me. Can I be real with you? It does me. We'll talk about that in a minute. So I want to share with you three things of what we're going to be given an account for. Three things we're going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. Number one, our actions will be judged. Our actions will be judged. Since you became a believer, your actions will be judged. Does that make anybody nervous? Me. TJ's got his thumbs up back here. Like Me. Yeah, you should be, kid. You should be. Our actions will be judged. The way we live our life. Where we go. What we do when we're there. How we act. When we're at the store. When we're behind some lady at Walmart in the speedy checkout with 126 items in her cart. When we're at the restaurant and service is a little slow and we missed breakfast and we're about to starve for lunch. When you're coming up 64 because you're late and you're trying to get here so you can get some coffee and a donut and sing the songs that we sing. And there's a slow car in front of you and grandma won't get out of the way so you can get up to church. The way we act at those times is being videoed. Is a documentary being made about your life today. And one day, the word says that you and I will sit down with Jesus Christ himself. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. God the Father gave me the authority to judge. We will sit down with Jesus Christ. And Jesus will say, let's pause this tape right here. Anybody get nervous? I am. <laughs> Jesus will say, remember that time? Remember that time you went over there? Remember that time you did that? Say, look here, remember 1980 and 6 when you did this? After believing in me? He said, why would you do that? And we're, the word says we're going to have to give an account. We're going to have to tell the Lord why we did what we did. Our actions will be judged. The way we live our life will be judged. Can I encourage you this morning? There's a misconception inside the church that to do good for the church, you have to do something great for the church. And nothing could be further from the truth. You don't have to preach to thousands to be able to make an impact for the Lord. You don't have to preach to ten thousands to be able to impact people for the Lord. Can I encourage you that the way you live your life today, the actions, your decisions, what you do, when you do it, how you do it, today in the small areas of life 
can impact people for the Lord. It's your politeness is Christ-like. The way you treat the waitress at lunch is Christ-like. How many of you go to the same restaurant all the time? You're a regular. You get the same soup, same drink all the time. Do you know the people that work in there? Good for you. Good for you. How many times are we around people and we have no idea who they are? How many times are we around people and we're agitated or we're in a hurry or we're running late and things just aren't going our way and we are so short with people, we're so mean to people, we are so rude to people, what we don't realize is those things, one, will be judged in, the, in this uh, judgment seat of Christ, and two, simply us being polite and being nice to people is a representation of who Jesus is. We don't have to be doing something great to make an impact for the Lord. Your humbleness is Christ-like. Your gentleness is Christ-like. Your politeness is Christ-like. Your hospitality, welcoming somebody into your home, treating them like family, sharing a meal is Christ-like. Your gifts, giving, helping people, giving where you can of your time, your energy, and some money, those things, as small as it may be, that is an opportunity for you and I to do something that will make an impact on the people around us. I hope you know today, like Jesus did not die for you. Jesus did not save you so that we could come in here every Sunday and get a donut. Right? Jesus didn't save you so that you could come to church and sing some songs. Jesus saved you for two reasons. One, because he loves you. Two, he wants you to you bring somebody to heaven with you. Jesus saved you to make an impact on the people around you. And the way we live our life, our actions, has the ability to either turn people off from the Lord or to pull them closer to him with you. Working with students for years and years, I learned very quickly, you can't push somebody to the Lord. Parents, am I right or am I right? It's impossible to push somebody to the Lord. So the way this works, come here, McKenna, I need your help. Which, which one's your hurt wrist? Okay, come this way. Give me this arm right here. Yeah, just give me this arm right here. Look that way because I've got to pull you this way. But I don't want Here's the way this works. The Lord's over there. McKenna's here. I love McKenna. I love McKenna to death. I want her to know the Lord. I want her to be closer to the Lord as well. You can turn around and like, say hello while we're just standing here talking. Hey, okay, now turn back around. Here we go. So if I want McKenna to be closer to the Lord, it ain't going to come from this side, from me being further away from the Lord, trying to push her closer to the Lord. That's not the way it works. The way it works is the closer I grow to the Lord, the more I love McKenna, guess what? We both go. And I have the ability through the way I live my life to influence McKenna to bring her with me. You have the ability, the way you live your life, to influence McKenna to bring her with you. You two have the biggest ability in your lives, the way you live your life, to influence McKenna to bring her with you. Thank you. Have a seat. Give McKenna a hand. The people you work with, that's your mission field. Pay attention to your actions. The people you live with, Pay attention to your actions. The people you see at the restaurant and at the stores, pay attention 
to your actions. Jesus didn't save you just so you could go smile at these people. Jesus saved you so that you could take them to heaven with you. Your actions will be judged. Number two, some of you may be thinking, well, my actions are pretty good. Okay. Number two, your words will be judged. Your words. Does that make anybody nervous today? Yeah, me too. (laughs) Me too. Your words will be judged. What you say, how you say it, the meaning behind it. We all know the word says that there's power in the tongue to tear down or to build up. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't let anything unholy come out of your mouth. Only that which builds up the body. Since the time you become a believer in the Lord, everything you've ever said has been videotaped. And one day, you and I will sit with the Lord. He'll say, remember when you said this? I'm going to say no. He's going to pull out the videotape. He's going to fast forward to here. He's going to pause it there. He's going to say, right here. Why did you say that? How many of you know that words, words, has the power of life and death? You have the ability today to not only impact the people around you, not only impact McKenna with your actions, but also with your words. Mom and dad... The way you talk to your kids will be judged. The way you talk to your kids' teachers will be judged. The way you talk to their coaches will be judged. The way you talk about them when they're not there will be judged. But you and I as believers, we have the opportunity to take those words and not worry about the judgment and use those words to build up, to love, to share, to encourage, to love, to praise the Lord, to help Ken, to help Josh. My words can change Doris's life. My words can change lives all around us simply by the words that we speak. Can I encourage you today? Watch your mouth. Not only what you say, but how you say it. Amen? How many of you have ever been spoken to and it broke your heart? Not even an action. Not even somebody did something. Somebody just spoke to you and it broke your heart. How many times has that broken heart been mended by words? By the words, I'm sorry. By the words, forgive me. By the words, I love you. By the words, let's try it again. By the words, I'm going to do better. Words have the ability to tear down and to build up. Number three, we're going to be judged on our actions. We're going to be judged on our words. And number three, we're going to be judged on our thoughts. Thank you. Thank you. Does it make anybody else nervous in here? (laughs) Not only our actions, not only our words, but also our thoughts, those things in our mind that nobody else knows. 
Those thoughts you have about me that you would never tell me, the Lord knows. And one day you're going to be sitting with the Lord. He's going to hit that pause button. <laughs> He's going to say, remember this? Do what I would do. Nope. I don't remember. <laughs> Anytime Callie ever asked me, he said, do you remember doing? <laughs> Weren't you 18 when that happened? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's my go-to. If you kind of put your head down and shake like a dog. Kelly loves dogs, so I'm thinking like that helps me out. <laughs> Your actions will be judged. I'm so dumb. Whatever negative thoughts you have toward me is probably, probably right. Okay, <laughs> like after that. Okay, here we go. Your actions, your words, and your thoughts. Those things that you have tucked inside of you that nobody knows, the Lord knows. Psalms tells us that the Lord is the one that searches our heart and our mind. He knows. He's not, he not only knows what we do, but he knows our motive behind it. He knows why we do what we do. He knows why you're here this morning. He knows why you're going to do what you do this afternoon. He knows what you think about the people in your life. He knows those things that you think about that you would never tell the Lord knows not only your actions, not only your words, but your thoughts. Does that make anybody nervous today? There's good news. There's good news. Anybody want to hear the good news? How many of you were here on Easter Sunday morning? You've already heard the good news. Just in case you've forgotten, let me help you out. The Word says in the book of Ephesians, that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now lives where? In us. You may be here this morning, you'd say, Michael, I've tried to change my actions. It didn't work. I tried really, really hard. It didn't work. I tried to change the way I speak. It didn't work. I tried to change my thought life. It didn't work. Can I tell you, I've been there. You're not by yourself. I've been there. The person beside of you have been there. Here's the answer. You can't do it. You can't change anything about your life. You can try as hard as you want to. Spiritually speaking, you can't do it. But even though you can't, we know that the Lord can Right? The same power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead now lives in me. If God is calling you to change an aspect of your lifestyle, you don't have to have the power to do it. You don't have to have the willpower. You don't have to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You don't have to try harder one more time. The Lord will do it for you. All you got to do is be obedient. If he calls you not to go there, guess what? Don't go. Don't put yourself in a position where you're tempted to go. If the Lord has called you not to speak words towards other people, guess what? Don't be around those people. Take a break. Don't call them. Don't look at their Facebook. Leave them alone. It's okay to take a 30-day break from somebody. That's fine. The Lord has called you to change your thought life. Guess what? 
You don't have to change it. He will give you the power for your thought life. Because the same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead now lives in you and I. One day you and I will stand in front of Jesus Christ. We will stand there and look at him. And we will give an account for everything that we did since becoming a believer. Thankfully, we have no excuse. Right? Because we have the power of Jesus Christ living in us. We can't say, oh Lord, I didn't know. Jesus, I tried. You know I tried. But it just didn't work out for me. Jesus would say that same power that resurrected me from the dead now lives in you. You had my power. Can I encourage you? Can I challenge you? I think the church, the church as a whole, has done a terrible job with our actions, words, and thoughts. We have made Jesus look so bad over the last 50 years with our actions, words, and thoughts. Scarlett and I was talking about it this morning, how different the church is today from 50 years ago. Reason being, actions, words, and thoughts. You and I, we have the responsibility as believers in the Lord. We have the responsibility of representing Jesus to the people around us, to our neighbors, to our family, to non-believers everywhere. We have that responsibility, and we have failed. You know why we failed? Look at the news. You will find out how we have failed. You will see everything going on in the world today. The word says that judgment starts at the house of God. Whose fault is it? Our fault. Why? Because we are responsible for representing Jesus Christ. We're the one that should be praying. We're the one that should be witnessing. We're the one that should be encouraging. We're the one that should be loving. We're the one that should be accepting. We're the one that should be welcoming. But our actions, words, and thoughts have gotten offline somewhere. Can I encourage you today to trust in the Lord, to let the Lord work through you, for you to give up, for you to give up, and let the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ today work in your life for two reasons. One, so that we can reach the unreached, so that the unbelievers today will be with us in heaven. And two, because one day you and I are going to give an account. One day you and I are going to stand in front of Jesus Christ himself and give an account for our life. For our actions, for our words, and for our thoughts. And I want that to be a good meeting. Don't you? These worryful, worrisome thoughts that I have, I don't want those anymore. I want that meeting to be a good meeting. I want Jesus to say, man, I'm so proud of you. Look at these people that you loved. Look at these people you served. Look at these people you impacted for me. I want that meeting to be a good meeting. And I believe today you do too. Amen. Let's stand together. Come on up, band. Y'all, we didn't get to the reward part. You want me to tell you the three rewards real fast, or you want to hear about it next week? 
We got one of each. I need a tiebreaker. Tell it. Okay. Three rewards. The Bible talks about we will receive crowns in heaven. We will receive crowns in heaven. The first crown we will receive in heaven is called the crown of rejoicing. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 19 through 20. This crown will be received by the ones who impacted people for the Lord. Those of you that love those hard-to-love people, this is your crown. Those of you that have prayed with people, this is your crown. Those of you that have led people to the Lord, this is your crown. The Bible says in Thessalonians, you'll receive the crown of rejoicing. Number two, James 1.12 says you'll receive the crown of life. This is the crown for those of you that have resisted temptation. I'm not going to get many of these crowns. <laughs> I need to do some work in this area. Here's the deal. Those of you that have been uh, faced hardships because of your faith, those of you that have been persecuted because of your faith, those of you that have been cast off because of your faith, those of you that have been pushed aside because of your faith, this is when you will be repaid for what you lost. Those of you that have lost friends because of your faith, have lost family because of your faith, this is when the Lord will repay you with this reward because of what you have lost. The last one, I can't remember. I know exactly what it is, but I can't remember. Let me look. The last one, righteousness, got it. The crown of righteousness. Let me see the verse. Got it. 2 Timothy chapter 4, 7 and 8. Paul says this. By the way, if you're ever looking for a really good Bible book to read, uh, read 2 Timothy because it's the last book that Paul wrote before he died. So you're getting everything that Paul wants to say right before he dies. It's amazing. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 says this. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've done all I could do. Now I am about to receive the crown of righteousness. This is crown goes to those who love the Lord and those who cannot wait for him to come. How many of you are ready for the Lord to come today? Put your hand up. My man, you have the crown of righteousness waiting for you. The word says those that love the Lord... And those that look for, wait for, expect God to show up, you have the crown of righteousness waiting for you. Please know today that one day you and I will stand before Jesus. We will give judgment. Not judgment for punishment, but judgment for reward. And he has a great reward to give to you. Jesus is the best present giver in the history of life. He gives the best presents. He doesn't give earthly presents. He gives eternal presents that last forever. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for your word and what we read about the judgment seat of Christ and what we know about the judgment seat of Christ. And I will take this opportunity to speak not only for me, but everyone here. Lord, we need your help. Lord, we need your help with our actions, we need your help with our words, and we need your help with our thoughts. So God, I pray today, I pray today for my brothers and for my sisters that you will help us 
make decisions that glorify you. You will help us speak words that glorify you. You will help us speak words that build up and don't tear down. You will help us have heavenly thoughts in our mind and in our heart. Because God, today we want to impact our loved ones for your glory. We want to make a kingdom investment in their lives today. Because we want them to be in heaven with us. God, help us. We're trusting in you and you alone. We admit we can't do it. We admit we've tried. And we admit we failed. God, help us today. Your word says that you will never leave us. Your word says that you are always with us. So God, lead us and guide us and help us to be obedient to follow your ways. Lord, we love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.